0: Welcome back to the Rhubarb and Custard podcast. I'm Jojo Smith, a.k.a. Rhubarb. And I'm Rosie Wood, a.k.a. Custard. This podcast is all about business, branding,
1: confidence and wonky crowns. It's a safe, unapologetic space for business owners and wannabe business owners. If you want to take part in the conversation and help us figure out whether rhubarb is in fact a fruit or a vegetable, you can find us on Instagram at underscore rhubarb and custard. Either way,
0: we're good for you. Hello, puddings. We are back. Forgive us. We did have a little break last week. We were on a break. Now, if you have seen <laughs> our friends reel in either of Rosie or my stories, you will know what I am talking about. We had a little break in the show last week because we went on our hollybobs. bobs. Well, it wasn't really a hollybob. bob. It was the sweet retreat last week, which if you are an avid listener, you will have heard us talk about quite a lot, in fact, all year. And guess what? We're going to be doing that again because we're coming back stronger and sweeter next year in 2023 for another sweet retreat. Rosie, have you recovered? Do you know what I think? So last year,
1: it took me it took me a good few days to recover. Last year, you know, just like staring at a wall down in a dark room, didn't yeah, you like staring at a blank wall for a few days. Um, but actually, this year hasn't been too bad I think because we added on an extra day this year didn't we so we had a slightly more kind of chilled space and we had a bigger team that we had a bigger team this year so when it was like unpacking setting up packing up going home that side of things which is generally quite a uh, a large source of stress um was was a lot smaller this year so actually I, I took the Friday and then obviously the weekend, and it's actually given me a surprising energy boost rather than and if you weren't there, you wouldn't know that literally on the Monday, I burst a blood vessel in my eye, and I spent the entirety of the retreat with people going, "Your eye looks a bit funny, your eye look with this huge like birth blood vessel. The moment I got back, it went away, so I don't know oh. if that's just what
0: happened four days with you, Joe, or <laughs> where well, you burst a blood vessel. Cheers for that. He's we did, we did had an extra day because we were really worried that we will we would be done by trade's description last year because we, we classed it as a retreat and we jam-packed that much in that much value and that was the feedback that we'd actually given too much and it wasn't said in a negative way it was just like we haven't had time to absorb it all so we put Rosie and I are big on value and we wanted to make sure that everybody that was there you know got their money's worth and got value um but this year I think you know we just we really listened to the feedback and they still got a lot Um, which is what they said but we added an extra day um, and it just went really really well it was just phenomenal people asked us how we found the house we didn't that house found us because if we would build a house it would be that if you haven't had chance to go and check it go and check out all of our socials about the sweet retreat because the what comes of it is absolutely unbelievable and we haven't even had the brand shots yet so um poor Hannah so, sorry I've literally got a knock at the door and I'm in mid podcast <laughs> so I will we'll continue we'll continue and we'll hope that they realize that we are doing this seeing live television live podcasts yeah. working with animals we're working with children there's always these things that are going to happen anyway so that was us and that's where we were last week this week we are here, we are back on the podcast and we have a very, very special guest. We have the fabulous, the most amazing, the Sunday Times bestselling author of a book called, uh, hold on a minute, Tales <laughs> of the Midwife, which I, I myself would want, to, would want to read that. Uh, we have the fabulous Maria Anderson, who I met at Be Inspired. And she started the first word I heard out of her mouth, and she had me at this word was vagina. <laughs> Maria, let everybody know who you are and what you do.
2: Hi, and thank you so much for that introduction. That is amazing. Um, yes, I think I had everybody stopped in their tracks with vagina. So, um, <laughs> so my name is Maria Anderson. I'm a menopause coach, and I um, I help women who are experiencing menopause symptoms, to understand the hormones, to um, stop being fine and absolutely live a life that they truly deserve and know that they don't have to put up and shut up anymore because this is um, 18th century behaviours in a world of 21st century and it needs to change.
0: I mean, that sentence, stop being fine, that's that's one thing but use the word vagina let's go let's discover those two things there (laughs) (laughs) it's it was a really it really hit home for me when you said that maria because you really have gone all out now to be you know a menopausal expert and really support women in you know really
2: finding and harnessing that they don't have to be fine yes Mm. It stopped being fine. And the word vagina, why, you know, obviously had quite a bit of thought about it because it was a shocker, you know. um, I was the last person on the stage and I think it was just that wake up. Oh, right. Okay. This is uh, this is interesting. Um, because we don't openly say these words, and it is about the language that we use as women. And and why do we not say that? So the first word was vagina. The second word was vulva. And I and I think everybody was wondering what my third word was. Um,
0: but she I did stop. She's got a question. She's almost got her hands what? up. It was just
1: okay. like. Can because can, I wasn't there so was it just like the word vagina in massive on a screen on the stage or was it part of a sentence I need
2: <laughs> so what I did was um walked onto the stage had the big hug with Danny and um and and I was last onto the stage after a two-day event and you know people are feeling tired and all of these things so I just thought and I didn't know which order I was going to be, but I just thought, anyway, I wanted to make that impact. I wanted to, I wanted, I have a really clear, strong message that I, I need women to listen to. So I walked on the stage, and I didn't know I was going to do this at the time, but actually I am a big red, red lipstick girl, and I stood on the stage and I said, put my lipstick, and I said, I think this is a lipstick moment, Put my put my lipstick away, and then said, Vagina,
0: <laughs> and everybody sat up to attention and went. What? Else? What, else? what did she say? And and go on. Sorry, no, carry on. Sorry. And for me, it definitely did grab attention. And off off air, we were just asking Maria which podcast she liked the most, and she said she'd listened to the one where it was Dare to Disrupt. Yeah. And I think that, you know, that's obvious why you liked that, because you you were if you've got a message, then actually, you know, we need to get out and we need to disrupt. And I mean, Rosie. I don't think we're getting a bit personal now don't worry I'm not going to ask you about yours but (laughs) about your vagina what I'm going to ask you is the perimenopause and menopause I myself am definitely you know experiencing different symptoms I've spoke about it on the show my brain fog that I've called my brain fog frog sorry um you know I've had the forgetfulness I've had some of the hot sweats I've had, you know, the body aching. And it wasn't until that I had a conversation with Maria that I really learned a lot more um about defining your actual symptoms because what we're where we are now with um GPs and I had an horrendous experience. I think did we speak about it on yes. one of the times, Rosie?
1: Oh, sorry. Yeah, we, yeah, we've spoken about it. It wasn't on air, it was afterwards. But yeah, it's appropriate for this podcast, I think, definitely.
0: Definitely. And I had a really bad experience when I went to speak to my GP and I'd had a conversation with Maria before I went to speak to my GP. Me turning up informed and having some information actually really through the GP and it ended up with the GP not treating me very nicely, to Mm -hmm. be perfectly honest with you. And I'll just put it out there. She 100% fat shamed me and treated me as if I was because I was fat, I was thick. And it really, really bothered me. Um, I am not where I need to be yet because I've just, well, obviously I had a lot on. I had New York, I had the retreat and everything. So I haven't had a chance to fully get that sorted as of yet. But I came out of there absolutely fuming. And for a fairy godmother, I don't fume that often. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was, I was honestly seething. Like there was there was the magenta mist came down, let's just say. And for me, it was because I'm a strong person and I'm very comfortable in my own skin and who I am and I'm confident. But for anybody that would have gone in that didn't have that or had a mindset mindset issues or anything else, that that um actual appointment would have ruined them, absolutely ruined them. That's why I was angry because I was like, if I wasn't, I mean, it wasn't quite a do you know who I am moment, but if I wasn't who I was, then I just couldn't believe that that could be done by somebody in a position of trust. And I'm still in a process, you know, I have wrote a letter, there will be something going on with that. But it was only because I'd spoken to Maria that I was like, it's okay. I've still got avenues to go down. But if I didn't, then there would have been a problem. And I was first off, and again, there's no shame, there's no judgment here. I was offered antidepressants for menopause, right? Now that
2: surely can't be right, Maria. Absolutely, and and this is this is the issue. Everything that you've said there is happening so many times every single day, and this is why I'm so passionate about this because I think myself working 37 years in the NHS, just retired, in 35 years as a midwife. You know, I am. Um, this is not a good service for women this is this is this is this, not even the cinderella service we're lower than that um in terms of women's health and the most important thing is here it's um and this is what i am so passionate is is to help women understand the hormones so then when the when you are going into gp and we did have that conversation um that you are prepared, that you understand, and I know that you're going to do that work as well with me yep. as well, jo. Um, So you are super clear of you actually, before you go into that, that session, have the hormone that you are deficient in. Because let's not forget, the reason that you're having these symptoms is because of a low deficiency in a hormone. Now, the problem is, is what's happening when... Um, women are going to GPs and health professionals who haven't been trained. Now, this is not a real blame against GPs and um, in the medical profession. They also, you know, there's a two part to this because they haven't had the training. It isn't part of medical education. It isn't part of their curriculum. And so when the GPs that we have now or they haven't done any. And only the GPs who are interested, only 40% of them have had any training. And so this is why I really want to support women before you go into that session is you are super clear on your menopause symptoms. You absolutely know the hormone yourself because of the menopause symptoms. And you are going in and saying, this is the gap for me. This is what I'm doing. And I link in with the, um, you know, the reproductive system, the brain and the gut. And so I do all of those things. And then um, and then it's like saying, and this is what, this is the gap for me. This is what I would like to try because I'm doing everything else. I'm still having a couple of menopause symptoms here, which are the gap. And I would like you to give me this because I'm going to try it This HRT is not off the off the table here at all but I instead of it being a first a first thing that people go to women go to then I would say it should be the after all of the understanding of you because you are unique it should be the last thing that you absolutely consider
0: But so can I break that down Yeah. From experience. So am I right in thinking that obviously there's there's so many different hormones that you will be potentially lacking in. And it might only be one, it might be two, but your your symptoms will be relative to one of those hormones or a couple of those hormones. So then you can be specific, like you just said, in asking for the right kind of treatment rather than a blanket treatment, which
2: in some aspects might even be the wrong treatment <laughs> and it is because, <laughs> for all of it because what's happening is women are going in exactly and this is where the antidepressant comes in is that women are going in and asking and um and obviously one of the symptoms is low mood now that is um it can be in relation to a uh, um deficiency in estrogen and progesterone as well so um if if the thing is is that it's not the first thing that GPs are thinking about when somebody is presenting and actually, and and that's what I want women to to have in the first thing of anything that goes on in your life. I want you to ask yourself the question before you go down the medical routes of anything else, could this be related to the perimenopause? Could this be the menopause? Because if you go in, if you have a GP who is not in tune to actually asking you that question, then you can go down a whole shed of medical investigations, end up on antidepressants. And this has happened to so many people I know. I've had people who have had um cardiac scans um urology um referrals endocrinologist I've even had somebody who's been to an endocrinologist and she came to me and and she said oh, I can't believe it Maria um I've got all of these things not sure what's happening and I said to her after her appointment I think it's a menopause it's it's a perimenopause that you're in and she said Oh, my goodness. Now, this is a really intelligent woman that I was, you know, who's got a lot of information and and she went back furying to the endocrinologist. Why are you not asking me that question? It's the perimenopause. So I think it's almost like this um, blindness. that this could be uh, you know and that would be the thing please consider could this be the perimenopause before you start going along any medical other conditions and rule it out I'm just like I'm listening
1: to that and I'm just baffled because every woman will go through that menopausal period at some point and I'm just baffled because why Like, why isn't it obvious? Why, why do they not take one look at like your, your age and go, actually, this is quite likely this is something that happens in this sort of age bracket. Let's check that first. Like it's it, that,
0: ridiculous it, when you think it, all of that is ridiculous. I mean they're a general practitioner so that kind of comes with the label and I remember when we had um, a conversation about nutrition and my doctor told me to eat more greens because I was b12 deficient and then I spoke yeah. to a nutritionist and she was like there isn't any in the greens so don't have that and she was like doctors only get half a day nutritional but, training but I've got to just say this any doctor, I cannot. Be, any person on the street would say that I do not suffer from low mood. But if so you, how was how if was that in your twenties or
1: thirties? Went to the doctor and said, "Every morning I'm feeling really nauseous. I'm getting stomach cramps." The first thing they would say to you is, "Is there any chance you're pregnant?" Because, like, yeah, mm-hmm. in that yeah. age group, you may well be pregnant and just haven't realised. So why, when you get into that age group, are they not like, okay, well, you might be approaching this this part of your life, like? It just doesn't, it's just not clicking in my head.
2: (laughs) I think it's because a lot of, a lot of um, GPs, certainly in the past, and remember it is general practitioners and that's why I'm saying it's actually we as women need to be there to support the GPs to actually be able (coughs) to pinpoint that it is perimenopause and ask, and for us to say, you know, um, I am um, I believe I'm in the perimenopause and you don't need a blood test because there are 9.1 million blood tests be taken all of the time um every single day to see if you're in the perimenopause or the menopause you do not need it if you are having menopause symptoms um you are in the men- you're in the um you're you're in the perimenopause okay so if you're early 40s whatever it is um so you don't need a blood test we know this happens as your estrogen, Reduces your FSH goes up. That is the that is the thing that I tested in the blood test. Mm.
0: It
2: you, it doesn't make any difference if you have menopause symptoms. You are in the perimenopause or in the menopause. Simple. Yeah. Well, so so many people said to me, "Did the doctor take any blood test?" And I said, "No."
0: But also, if they take a blood test, it depends where you are in your cycle as well that you could have different levels of hormones anyway so that blood test potentially at the (laughs) taken at the right time the wrong time or whatever like you said you're in if you're in it you're in it but what is that blood test going to show I've got to ask this question because when I went in with informed information and I said right these are my specific symptoms I don't have this is a bit too much information, but I don't have low libido, <laughs> but I have got brain fog. Um, I'm having some hot sweats, um, but my body, oh my goodness, my body aches, my joints hurt. And it is is—it is like, it. sometimes to get going of a morning, it is really hard. And I was putting a lot of that down to my weight until I had a conversation with my very thin, fit friend who was having exactly the same... Um, symptoms as me and it actually gave me a little bit of okay maybe it's not my weight maybe this is because I can't like my wrists my ankles my bones everything was just really really aching so my symptoms were really really specific and when I went in to speak to her um, I said this and I was like so does that mean like there's one potential hormone well she shut me down and she said no it all comes from this one Is that right? She said, so regardless, it doesn't matter what your symptoms are. She was like, it all leads. I just need to say, for the purpose of the listeners, (laughs) Maria's face is horrified at the moment. (laughs) Um, She said to me, and she really shot me down, "Um, don't be so ridiculous. It all comes from, and she said one of the two, and I can't remember which one she said. Oestrogen. Yes, she said it's all from oestrogen all from
2: estrogen and this is the issue because um because it's estrogen that is causes the brain fog and um you know the concentration this is about cognitive function so you have like in your brain you have and it's really interesting um you can have um two sides to it so there's two parts of your brain so you've got the hippocampus side, which is your cognitive function. So that is about your concentration, your perception, all of these things, um, you know, being able to, um, you know, forgetting names, forgetting places, you know, all of that kind of cognitive function. And if you are not cognitively function, you know, efficiently, which you don't when your oestrogen drops, this is when you, um, and then you, your loss of confidence goes, all of these things, it's all related, however you also have another side which is the um which is the hypothalamus of the side of your brain that's why i'll link everything with your um with your reproduction to your brain to your gut and um And the hypothalamus side is about, you know, that's your mood, that's your hot sweats, your night sweats. And even to know the difference between that, that's when you can't sleep. Now, it can be estrogen and it can be progesterone. But the big one that people and most women, if they are going and they get a blanket approach of HRT, what they're having is um, an estrogen HRT patch or a gel or whatever it is. But if you're having symptoms that are specifically um, in relation to progesterone, which is your low mood or um, testosterone which is the libido um having an oestrogen patch is not going to change anything for your menstru- for your menopause symptoms because it's the wrong hormone that's being treated and i'm seeing so many women who are suffering and also people think that just because they've got one bit of hrt and um, it might not be the right dosage it might be the it's not working and as you get older your oestrogen leveled and your hormone levels decrease, okay, all of them will decrease. And if we don't top that up with all of the other things and understanding the rest of your hormones, and also having the right um hormone replacement, which is either testosterone or progesterone on top of the oestrogen, um, you know, depending on your menopause symptoms, then um this is where women, and this is about long-term health because we have to take a a point here and a stand to say you know this is yes it's almost like menopause and perimenopause is the wake-up point to say you now need to consider your long term health because they are linked towards, um, you know, Alzheimer's and dementia, and and it's not that saying that you have the symptoms that you're going to get that because anybody under under sixty four, the evidence shows that that is not true. However, there are modifiable factors which for women and certainly at this age, it's about considering how can you uh, how can you use the modifiable fa- factors. Now, what that means is looking at um, reducing your stress level. Your cortisol level is the most important hormone you need to address first, because the, regardless of whether you're on HRT or any other hormone replacement therapy, if you are stressed out your box, it will trump every single thing. It will not work efficiently. Everything else won't work efficiently. And that's why in my life, I always feel like I did everything in stages. I had a stress level when I was in my forties and it was just off the Richter scale because I was busy, 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 children juggling everything, everybody wanting a piece of me. I was just in lots of things that were happening under challenge. My cortisol levels were so high. I needed my first step, reduce my cortisol levels and by understanding your hormones and being able to actively reduce your cortisol, which is your stress hormone by bringing in other hormones, which is oxytocin, which is the love hormone, which you feel when you hug somebody, it's that natural release and getting the balance between these two hormones makes a massive impact. So um, it's, I really have figured out what works and the results that I'm getting with women I'm working with. It's not, if you do small things, um, step by step, you can absolutely make a huge impact on your life. And it's not just for you, it's for your whole generations of families as well. I
0: think
2: Rosie and I are a bit like that. I'm just
1: like, like, anybody who knows me, Joe will testify to the fact that um i'm a massive feminist and i knew where this was like, going I'm I'm listening to that. it thinking like it's just another example of where like women's health in particular is like under uh educated informed like i think all the way through like from from getting my first period all the way like all the way through my sort of reproductive life as a female, everything that all the stages that I've kind of gone through, I have felt wildly under-educated about as they've happened. And it's only now, so I'm I'm 34 now, I've had two children, but it's only really now where I'm actually starting to educate myself about the cycle that my body goes through every month and learning all the points along the way and how that affects my energy. And I just think the world that we live in it doesn't matter whether you're a teenager at school dealing with like early periods and kind of getting your head around that, whether you're pregnant, whether you're uh whether you've got young children, whether you are menopausal, like you're just expected to just continue like you said at the start, like just be fine all of the time <laughs> yeah. all of the time, despite the fact that you've got no real education support knowledge like you don't really always understand posting that you're going through yes no real signposting it's just like it's just hard it's
0: a mask (laughs) for the purpose of the listeners again Maria has just put on her her mask which was actually part of her talk and you gave these masks out, didn't you? These plain yeah. bit scary masks. They look like the mask that the Halloween man wears. <laughs> um, right, they're just plain white. And you asked everybody to write on there, didn't you? I'll let you explain.
2: So the, the mask is, and there's an interesting thing when we talk about why in this day um, are women not talking about it, because... Because we all wear this mask and it's whether you do it. And and actually we are conditioned into wearing the mask. It's not our fault. We are conditioned and it's not blaming our parents or grandparents because they were conditioned into it. But now there's a time for change. We're in the 21st century and it is this you know um so this mask is representing you know actually how we um present ourselves and what's the alternative so we say things like we wear a mask and yes I've got this visible white mask but what what does it represent for um what I used to say and I hear a lot of women yeah how are you I'm fine can you do that yeah no problem yeah. Um, oh, I need that by tomorrow. Yeah, of course. No, that's that's okay. You know, these are the masks because no matter what else you've got on in your life, we still will we don't want anybody to know that we're not coping as such, and um and we wear the mask because what's the alternative? The alternative is that we show emotion, we show emotion, and then what's the label that comes? she's a hysterical woman yeah. and this is what happens oh, when
0: you're so cool
2: yeah. and yes exactly and it's like oh and you see all the memes of you know menopausal women don't go anywhere near here Oh, and this is it and there's like the funny side of it and I get that and I love humor I've got a lot of humor and I see the funny side but there's also a really serious side of it and what I help women to do as well is almost peep out from the mask at first and actually to to say um what does it look like if I do show a little bit of emotion and I actually do start opening up conversations to say you know um this is really um impacting my life and I really want to do something different. So it's not about taking the mask off completely but it's actually what do you need to be able to peep out from that mask and say what um, can I? Um, what is out there? And, and because of everything that we've spoken about today, it's actually a really courageous step for anybody to start. So for you to walk into your GP, say, um, mm-hmm. Jojo, is 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 you actually showing that emotion? You've you've attempted to take that mask off. But if you're met with that kind of reception immediately, mask goes back on silence not going to talk about it and this is what we really need to break and that's why I'm so passionate about this it's removing that cover up isn't it it's it stopped, is stopped covering it up and yeah. we
0: talk a lot of time um about wonky crowns yeah and the way that I have um I want to say the word attacked but that sounds a bit aggressive but I felt like I kind of had to be aggressive in it mm. but The way that I attacked this was very much just to own it. And nobody I've got to, apart from, this is terrible when you think about it, apart from the doctor, nobody has met me with a bad response. Actually, it's been very accepting because I've owned my brain fog and I'll go, hold on a minute. And I've done talks in front of large audiences where I've gone, I'm just going to own the fact that I'm a woman of a certain age. (laughs) Yeah. And there is a lot of brain fog going on at the moment, so if I if I just forget my words, I forget my own name and definitely my kids at the moment. So whatever's going on here, there's a good chance that's going to happen. Mm. And people have actually, we always advocate for vulnerability builds connection. And yeah. I'm just actually, the more I think about it, I'm so sad that that did not build connection with my doctor because bedside manner is surely having an empathetic approach, but that that. moment that I went in, I don't want this to hold anybody back from doing it what I want it to hopefully inspire people to do is go well if that can happen to Jojo okay this could happen to me but actually I can stand in my own right and question that Mm -hmm. because when I say I was fat shamed 45 minutes of the appointment which should have only been about half an hour anyway was trying to get me on a diet and I literally am the person that is going to go, sorry, no. And I actually went, you're not getting me on a diet. I'm not going on a diet. I've spent all my years being on diets, being really unhappy. Yeah. I know there's a responsibility to tell me about my weight and my health. I'm, I'm, you know, intelligent enough to know that. And I knew there was going to be a conversation about that, but not 45 minutes and also telling me that exercise, no amount of exercise was ever going to help me lose weight. Um, it wasn't going to be any good for me in that state. Did I know that I was going to have a stroke? How would my family feel when I'm in that position? It was it was honestly horrific. But I have spent so much time working on my own mental health and my confidence and I was really in a position where I I just got so angry that I just felt I've got to fight the corner here. And I think she was quite shocked and Jay came out because Jay was with me, which I was pleased actually, because I actually said to Jay, can you come in? Because I'm not going to remember anything she says because of yeah. the brain fog. <laughs> so I was like so, so I was like, You've got to come in with me. Jay came in and he went, Joe, he said, I've never seen you like that before. Well, I was like, because I was fuming mm-hmm. uh, how
1: how she had be. it's um, from a female doctor as well. You kind of expect to a point the sort of the you would the almost excuse yeah but a female doctor like it's that's just really makes it
0: so much worse. have you seen this (laughs) I've seen this sketch this week the with Jennifer Aniston in Friends with Ross and he says oh is it that time are you having you know is it the menopause and she goes I don't know if you've seen it Maria she goes no uterus no opinion
2: (laughs) (laughs) exactly yes and that that is yeah and (laughs) I think as well, and it's certainly with yourself, it is about talking about good health. And I think it is, a, you know, in terms of when you speak like that and you understand your hormones, it takes the emotion out of it because it's like um, recognising that this ho- this low hormone um, and because you haven't got as much hormone hormone. Um, That is reaching the receptors in your brain, then that has an impact on this is why this mid, um, riff comes in into play, the menobar belly, but that is all because of the reduction in estrogen as well. And I think that there's things that you can, and I I think. The approach is everything in health professionals, and we're always going to have people where they have the wrong approach, clearly that was the wrong approach, but there are a lot of professionals who do have the right approach and and when you um when you come in, I've had women who have gone into gps you know in spoken and they've actually said. Um, oh, that went, went really well. I felt really confident. So I think that it's um, recognizing for other women as well that you're not necessarily going to be met in that way. No. but um, and, and, and that's important to say. And also, um, when you start talking hormones, remember that actually if they haven't had the training, um, and also I think I did a, a big research piece when I was a midwife um, on why do people do things um when clearly that's not who they are as a person so there's something called inattentional blindness and so when a GP has a, a, a target of 10 minutes per appointment what they're focused in on is getting to the nitty-gritty of what is going on with you and you out the door now if that goes over the kind of they are um the they are functioning in this all oh, that's the, that's what they're thinking of that's what they're thinking of but if you take them out of that environment and if you had a different conversation with them in a different environment they are compassionate people. It's something in the environment of the stress in the, you know, the, the targets and knowing that there's a, a, how many other people in the, in the waiting room. That's why people behave the way that they do in these kind of situations. Now, there is, and I've done a lot of work with health professionals on their approach and I work nationally across Scotland to do that work. So there are people who are, um, who need that approach to be, brought attention to and clearly that was a the situation there are other you know there are other professionals who would have responded in a different way but it's a but it's so important the approach is so important because the the outcome. So you're a strong person, Joe, but um, but other other women are not so strong. And what do they do? They just go away and say, or oh, they'll take de- antidepressants, and they'll say, oh, um, oh, I just need to take this, and that's it, because the doctor said, and not asking any questions. And that is what is really upsetting me, to be honest. Mm-hmm. That women are suffering in silence. They are not given the time, space, and maybe, you know, there is that thought process of is the GP the first person, this is why I'm doing the work I'm doing, that they that women go to i would love to have like proper center set up you know per, um, purposely for women who, for people who are trained to actually go and and then have that opportunity to have the right hormone prescribed if that's what they want to do but it's got to be that holistic approach and unfortunately in the health service as it works today it is not working mm. I mean, we think about fifty percent of the population, aren't we? Like it's
1: it's not yeah. you know it's not a rare condition that some people have and some people don't. So it it will be under you know under yeah or whatever. Like we're literally talking about fifty percent of the population.
2: Just- a million women are leaving the UK in their work every single year in the UK because of this. This is a global issue. It's like, you know, this is why, you know, you, jo- Jojo, you were saying about, um, you know, how you felt and... You know, um, and, and in your work, it affects your business. It affects, you know, affects every aspect of your life. And and so women, if they are failing, and I think it's great what's happening in the media, that attention is being brought and shining a light on this topic. However, this is the disruptor in me.
0: <laughs>
2: it's not the right approach. I went on Jeremy Vine the other day um, just to... Um, It is back to what you're saying, Rosie. It is about education, understanding, being able to apply these small things, not just wait until women get to you know, perimenopausal age, this should be happening in schools. And I've spoken to a lot of teachers, you know, really not a biology lesson. In actually, this is you because everybody has a different experience. This is about you. This is about how your hormones are affecting you. How at this stage with your reproductive cycle, this is what's going on. This is what I'm teaching my daughters. When you're pregnant, when you've had your baby, and then this is what you need to think about when you get into the perimenopause. And menopause, so it's not as it's not an add-on at the end and think, oh my gosh, I'm in my forties. Could this be? You actually understand it because you've you've applied all of these things all the way through, all the way through your life. It's not, and this is why we as women here now, and you know anybody who's listening we have a responsibility now to really start shaking. And this is, I am a disruptor and I am really strongly disrupting um, and that's okay. And that's, I think thats that kind
0: of brings us full circle and it is a, it is a secular approach, yeah. but <laughs> it brings us full circle because the disruption, when you stood on that stage and you said the word vagina, the, the serious point of that was that we are brought up to call our, lady parts yeah fairy foo-foo mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it do, do, do you know what I mean and but you can't go into your doctor and have a serious conversation and say my fairy
2: yeah, um, exactly do you,
0: do you know what I mean yeah. and it, it's, you know it was it oh, she'll kill me for sharing this story <gasps> right but I'm gonna share it because my daughter when she was younger I always remember she was I can't remember maybe five-ish. I don't know. She was at school. So, and I remember being in the bath and she said to me, um, she says, mommy, what's the real name for this? And I know we're going to correct me as I go along, but this was, you know, and I was of a, you know, of a grown-up age, I'd got two kids and I went, well, I'm going to tell you, but what I really don't want you to do is go into school and shout this word out (laughs) and tell everybody else because it's for their mommies to tell them. So I was like, so I'm going to tell you, but... You don't tell anybody else. Let their mums tell them. And I said, it's vagina. So anyway, you know, she'd had a bath and everything else. And at the end of it, she went, um, I went, now don't forget, Jess. I was like, you know, don't get telling everybody this word tomorrow. Let their mums. She's. I can't remember what you said anyway. It was something about a man from China. <laughs> 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 and I was oh, like, that's priceless. okay, that'll do. That'll good. However, however. It's not even called a vagina; it's your vulva. But it's so, I was misinformed. Yeah. I was wrong.
2: Yeah, and this is ex, this is exactly it. You know, vagina, vulva, and that's the whole point of what we're saying as well. Do people know the difference be, be, between it? You know, like what it is. Um, vagina is it's where your baby comes out. It.
0: No <laughs> pun intended.
2: <laughs> yeah, no pun. No, exactly. No pun intended. But it's just like, and and that's it. Women call the vulva which is the area surrounding your vagina, the vagina. And actually this is where the confusion talks about. And so if you're not able to know the difference between your vulva and your vagina, How are you able, and you call it your fairy, fairy and your foo-foo, you know, um, how are you then able to have a sensible conversation with your GP and them take you seriously? You know, and and actually, and this is the this is the serious part of it. And so I want to really encourage women to get comfortable. It's almost like be comfortable in being uncomfortable and start naming your body parts as their real names, especially for your children. Now, when I stood on that stage, as you know, Jojo, in the first i had my 16 year old daughter rosie who was actually sand who was there with me she had no idea what i was gonna say (laughs) she was just like oh Oh, she was like oh my gosh um but you know i need to add a bit i
0: need to add a bit there because it's really it's really prevalent to it um i was stood at the back with rosie with your daughter and i hadn't met your daughter before i didn't even actually know that was your daughter yeah as you came off stage, oh, I'm going to get really choked yeah. up now. Um, she ran up to you. She gave you the biggest hug. And she, all I heard her say was, I'm so proud of you, mom," mm. Right? And she was. Oh, Rosie's gone. <laughs> We've all gone. And Gemma, oh. Danny's sister, got a picture she of that hug. And... That, for me, sent me overboard. And I took you both out because I've got to take you to the holding space uh, yeah. for you to do your um mic bit to camera. And the three of us just all had a big cry in the, <laughs> in the, in the, little, in the little area. And it was just to see her so proud of you was, like, a real moment for it, me. And it was
2: I mean, a real moment. And oh, I think with other things that have gone on, it was a real moment. And when she ran towards us and said those words, that was – no matter what else I did at yeah. all and about the talk. But that moment, it was worth everything. It was incredible.
0: Well, I'll take a it. leaf out of your book today, but I think I'm going to get told off because in my life, on my, on my post today, on my Instagram, I actually went, vagina. Right, and most of Jesse's friends follow me, so I know I'm gonna get a telling off later. Mom, what are you saying these words on your Instagram for? (laughs) Right. I'll be like, don't listen to the rhubarb and custard podcast this week. Yeah. (laughs) Because I've said different things, but it it is really important that we show our girls and our kids, you know, you know, the right way. Yeah. And for that, I thank you for that, Maria. And i we're at the takeaway point yeah. now but i mean you know in one week jeremy vine and the rhubarb and custom podcast <laughs> you can't get much better than that can you i can <laughs> not let's just let's just do our takeaway um of what you know today's show rosie what is it for you um i think the takeaway
1: for me is the importance of educating yourself and not leaving that responsibility with other people because you won't always get the reception that you would like to get, i.e., from your doctor. Um, and the more, the more you can take responsibility for that education and kind of arm yourself, um, the the more likely you are to get the result that you that you need,
0: I think. Yeah. What about you, Maria? What's your takeaway that you want people to go away with? I feel
2: like I'm going to get emotional. The takeaway for me is um, why this work is so important. And listening to you and hearing these stories, and it's really just putting this power engine, if I didn't have it before, it's actually put another um, how many CCs on the back of me now um, to just power through because I am seeing so many women suffering and hearing these stories i am um, um i feel quite emotional when i hear it all because for me that equals women suffering and when i know that there is no need for women to suffer um that breaks my heart and this is why i am so passionate and just want to thank you for um inviting me on and um and really just just pushing that power behind me to keep pushing forward as to why this is so important thank you
0: you are so welcome <laughs> <It is education. laughs> <too>. Rosie's absolutely <laughs> lost Rosie. she's gone <laughs> and it takes a bit to break out huh, rosie let me tell you but this is a subject really close to your heart isn't it rosie it is it, i think like women just get forgotten about
1: far too often and it's not just yeah. down to uh reproductive health that is exclusively yeah. you know female it's everything like we're yeah. because our symptoms are typically different from men's there's yeah. so many scenarios where women are misdiagnosed that kind of thing because we don't present the correct and I put that in brackets the correct symptoms for for the way our doctors and nurses have been trained and so we suffer yeah. um And it's just, it's just a bit shit really, isn't
0: it? Well, it's something that we are part of a a great circle and network of people that, you know, and this is what this podcast has always been about. It's about business, branding, confidence and wonky crowns. And this is a confidence in you within your business, because if it's affecting you, Mm. then, you know, you need to know that A, it's okay, B, it's normal, and see there's something you can do about it so it is within your control but it's having that education um Maria just before we head into the bit that I always love on the show um can you just explain menopause and ask the question as in do people know how long menopause lasts (laughs) Rosie did you know this one i only know this
1: because my only experience of menopause is watching my mum go through it but i was quite young then so that's literally my only frame of reference education anything as a 34 year old woman like i'm not that far off it realistically um that's the only education that i've got so i have no idea this is gonna blow your mind
2: so perimenopause is the um where you start to normally early forties your reduc- it's reduction in your hormones starts to c- decline your hormones very very slightly um this is the period that lasts for um ten years okay four to seven years but very often for a lot of women I speak to ten years menopause is defined as when you have absence. Of your periods for one year, okay. So it's not just when you have like six months and then you have a period, no, you need to start back again, okay? It's for the absence of periods for one year. When that happens, okay, and how long do you think that happens for Rosie? How I long are you in say, I want to for? say like
1: three years, five years, but I feel like that's
2: not right. It's not. It's one day. Menopause lasts for one day because perimenopause is up to that point. When you hit that 12 months of having no periods, okay, you right. enter the menopause. The day after your postmenopausal, the menopause lasts for one day. That's mad, isn't it? Yeah. And it's perimenopause. <laughs> it's you are having menopause symptoms all the way through, and that's the blanket approach that we use for everybody who is experiencing this low hormone deficiency. But there's a definite difference in the and people say, Oh, I'm in the menopause. No, you're in the perimenopause, unless you have had 12 months of absent periods, then you enter the menopause and then you go straight the next day into post menopause. It's one day
0: that's mad.
2: It is, it?
0: and that for me is like vulva, vagina, yeah. menopause, perimenopause. Yeah. Are we getting it right? Yeah. Are we the right turn? Yeah. Probably not.
1: <laughs> so, from the age, from so how do you know when you are, when you enter the perimenopause? Like, is there when like you start? A,
2: oh, sorry. When, sorry, when, is when there you start like having a, the symptoms. i this age, so I'm no. automatically or no. No, everybody's unique. As soon as you start to um, notice any of the symptoms, ask yourself the question, could this be the perimenopause? So any of the cognitive functions, anything, you know, libido or you know and oh actually low mood all of these things if there's anything different and this is why it's good to have conversations with your family because they'll be the first ones to notice if they start noticing you're not quite the same or you feel that feeling I just don't know why I feel like this question am I in the perimenopause and then check out all the reasons to give you evidence that it's not that it's if it's something medical then fine um, but if it's not, then you need to co- keep continuing asking that question. You need the evidence to show that you're not in the perimenopause because this is such a, you know. And just as a quick look, couple of statistics: seventy. This is the time when relationships break down, mm-hmm. and because of it, in in family law, are saying seventy three percent of people who are separating and divorcing between these ages, um, of the perimenopause and menopause. Menopause is generally about fifty one, um. Then seventy three percent of uh, people are saying the reason they have this relationship breakdowns is because of the menopause symptoms. People are, um, you know, one in ten women are committing or thinking about committing suicide. You know, anybody who's having domestic violence and living in a domestic violence situation, it exacerbates the symptoms of the menopause. These are really strong um, things that are, you know, impact of these symptoms. And it's not a we laugh and we joke, but it's a really serious thing and we can't prevent it. So finally...
0: How do we, how do people come and find you, Maria? And because I want to say, what would be your first go-to signpost to do? But I feel it's so different for everybody that really what I think I want to do as part of Rhubarb and Custard Rosie, I don't know about you, is just direct people to you to maybe throw those questions at you. Because I don't really feel, or oh, is there is there a quick one, two, three step? Maybe do this, maybe do that. And this is where you start. So I would, um,
2: and yes, please do come and see me, but but what I would do is write down your menopause symptoms, write down anything that you think is different or anything that you're experiencing that, and that could be anything from, you know, the brain fog, forgetting things, and not putting it down to oh I'm just at this age just stop saying that kind of thing actually get curious about your symptoms and what is actually happening to you on a daily basis ask your family as well are you seeing me doing any of these things if your relationships are a little bit strained perhaps you know and maybe you've gone off sex or you you know you haven't got that age and you feel I actually don't want anybody to come near me ask the question could this be the menopause? These are all symptoms. Mm-hmm. Um, so get curious. And so the second thing would be um, to really start noticing your life. Right. From almost like that um, bird's eye view. So take the emotion out of it without any judgment at all. I would start to notice what is actually going on in your life. So from the do it for a week. Um, from the moment you wake up, to the moment you go to bed, notice with curiosity, what is going on in your life? How is your, you know, how are your energy levels, um, you know, fluctuating throughout the day? You know, how are you feeling? What are your stress points? All of these things, start noticing. And the third thing that I would say, which is a really quick um, thing that will help with any of the menopause symptoms, is actually start drinking water. Um, a lot of women don't drink water and um, it's recommended that you drink up to two litres of water. Now, I'm not saying start drinking two litres of water. But if you can drink one glass of water more than you normally do and start to do that, everything I do, I do in small steps, small steps. Um Then they will be the three big things. And from that information, you will gather a lot of information um and then come and speak to me or you know if you want to know anything else or you're curious then I can very easily help you that's my gift where where can people come and find you so I am on Instagram. I am on Facebook. Um, I have got my um, website as well. Um, I'm everywhere at the moment. And the, so, <laughs> is it? Can you just give
0: us the handles for those? Yes, I've, I've
2: already sent. Yes, yeah, sorry. Um, um. So, um, so I've got a a, a free Facebook group. So, um, Master the, the Menopause with Maria Anderson. Um, I have my page as well. Um, Maria Anderson. So, um, Master in the Mid the menopause with Maria, um, and Instagram um, Maria at Maria Mastery Okay. And I'm on link. I'm on LinkedIn as well. Um, so I'm 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 here then everywhere.
0: We'll have all these in the show notes. Yeah. Anyway, but go yeah. and find Maria. And then finally, if you were a dessert, Maria, what dessert would you be and why? Rainbow cake. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I've got to say rainbow cake. I really had a good think about this. Um, so rainbow cake. So I suppose that's a bit of the NHS, you know, like I've been working there for 37 years. Um, but for me, it is about that, you know, I I am colourful. I've got a great sense of humour. I absolutely love life. And that I really want to shine a light, you know, to brighten people's day up. Um, underneath that, what I would say is um, there are a lot of layers to me and what I do. So what you think is what you get, you actually get so many layers when when you come and work with me, just because of my experience and what I've done throughout my whole life. Well, you have
0: definitely brought a whole rainbow of knowledge to us (laughs) and hopefully a pot of gold at the end of it for those that are feeling in the menopause perimenopause I will correct myself yeah. um in the perimenopause unless it's just the day if it's that day for you yeah today, jo, we'll I, you. Like, I feel like you are absolutely
1: going to know when that day is it's going to be like on I mean, your calendar
2: I think it is we need to have that day you <laughs> we'll have a big party yeah we'll going, I'm so in the menopause today it's got the- to be today because <laughs> it's not tomorrow I'm in post menopause tomorrow <laughs> Uh, like Maria Christmas, thank it? you so like much. Christmas Day. Like say
1: you that again, up. I said it's like Christmas. Like it's that yeah. whole lead up, that whole festive <laughs> period lead up to Christmas, and then you have Christmas Day, and then it's yes. all after Christmas.
0: <laughs> yes. at it. <laughs> you can and imagine it, though, could you if you got to 364 days and then you got another period oh, and you'd be yeah. like, I've got
2: to go through that again? <laughs> yeah it's yeah, like <laughs> that's why you need to plan it early yeah so I think one of the things is what I want is as women to actually come out up the river pull women out up the river before they hit the waterfall yeah yeah
0: oh it. Maria it's honestly it's been so knowledgeable to have you here and you know, just this is what we love about this podcast. We have guests that come in and they educate and they bring value. Mm. And it's quite often real light bulb moments that yep. we don't know what we don't know. Exactly, And when you do know it, you light up because you like, how did I not know that? Yeah. And then hopefully you will go on and tag another person and be like, Did you know this? Yeah. And then we get to spread the whole message. I know for a fact because of how Rosie feels about subjects in this arena. She's going to be going, Hold on a minute. Did you know this? Did you know that? <laughs> it's not your it's not your vagina, it's your vulva. <laughs> and the
2: and the other thing is, it's never too late. I had a lady, I did a um an event last night um at a garden festival a garden a ladies night and this lady who was seventy nine came over to me and she um I spoke um and she and she came over and she said thank you so much she said um, I learned so much from that, and she said, "I have, you know." And she asked me a few questions about for herself, but then she, um, then she said, um, "I'm going to share this with my daughters and my grandchildren." And I thought that is why I'm doing, why I'm doing this. It's 79. She still came and learned. Oh, I love that. Love it, Rosie.
1: Anything to add? No, I just like I'm just really uh I'm not quite grateful I suppose that there's such wonderful people like you Maria like doing that work um because it's educated me and I know like there's so much more for me to learn but I feel um safe I suppose that when I get Mm -hmm. to that point that I'm that I have a resource to yeah. go marvel it. avengers yeah. <laughs> <Light it up>. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and also it's encouraged me as well to because i've got and my eldest is nine uh so she's at that point in school where she's uh where she's starting to learn about uh like sexual health and yeah. things like that about her own body and it's it's encouraged me to make sure that from a parent's perspective that she has any additional education that she might need because I know that the school yeah. is gonna let her down. And I know the school is already letting her down just because of the questions that she's asking me. Um so yeah, yeah it's really encouraged me to to share more with her and just be open with her.
0: So yeah. That's I'm just brilliant. Like, yeah. Thank you. Thank you Maria and I know we will speak soon anyway but for this week, um, apart from go and check out the sweet retreat for next year because we do have twelve month payment plans. Eleven. The connection are oh, eleven? Sorry, eleven. Uh, we do have. <laughs> I keep wanting to say vagina vulva eleven. 12. That sounds fab. Yeah, <laughs> sounds really fab. <laughs> um, we, we do have,
1: have all the Yeah, we could name like have signs on the door like you're in the vulva room.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. You're in, the, you know, you're in the clitoris room <laughs> oh i love it love it uh, do, you know where, do you know where all these are Oh, <laughs> so, <laughs> yes exactly
2: could have a whole physiological section
0: you've lost us you've lost <laughs> us um this is where we get a little bit silly um yeah. so Anyway, the Sweet Retreats, uh, we would love you to be a part of it. We um, Spaces have already started going. If you do want any more information, you can DM Rosie or myself. Um, I think that's it for this week. It's goodbye from me, Rhubarb. I'm We've so lost excited. custard. <laughs> it's goodbye she from me, custard.
2: And it's goodbye from- From me, menopause, (laughs) queen. (laughs) From vagina. (laughs) Okay.
0: (laughs) Bye. Bye.